All of these references, John 6, John 11, John 12, refer to that one day, the resurrection day or the judgment day, what we call the final and great event. The last days, plural, refers to a different phase and is used as a long period of time in which people live on the earth. Now, I think it is most common for people to talk about the last days as the closing days, the days that are rank, ramping up to the return of the Lord. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Gollerher, and it is a pleasure to be on the air again to bring the message of the gospel to you. And we're continuing with our series on the second coming of the Lord Jesus. There is no more exciting subject, no more hopeful and joyful expectation for the believer of the Lord Jesus than to study the, the events that will precede the return of the Lord Jesus. Now, I am not a preacher with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. I am not seeking to preach on speculation. I want to be a consistent Bible teacher. I want to open up the Scriptures and show you from various categories of statements that the Lord has made that the days, the last days referred to in the Bible, uh, is that long-term period from the ascension of the Lord Jesus when he ascended to be with his Father until he returns again. And we begin in Acts 2, verse 17. And it tells us there in that passage, this is after men are filled with the Holy Ghost, they speak in tongues and so on, and there is the evangelistic explosion in the New Testament. And we are told, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour it in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Now, here is the answer being given to the question, what is this phenomenon at Pentecost? And it is the prophecy that in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So the last days begins certainly at Pentecost. It is that last stretch of time from the Lord's first coming till his second coming. And we are warned in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Paul was writing to the young Timothy and advising him that this will happen. Perilous times will come in the last days. And so Timothy was living in those very last days. Uh, then also we have other verses that are applicable, and we'll turn to Hebrews 1 verse 2, that he has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, 
whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he has made the worlds. And then James 5, verse 3, uh, it's told that, as in these last days, your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Now, there are many other Bible verses, but I want us to turn now to our message from the pulpit of our Free Presbyterian Church as we expound and expand upon this subject. Stay with us as we let the Bible speak. The term, the last days, is a biblical term. You'll find it, the first reference, in Acts 2, verse 17. And it is a term that, I suppose, uh, we need to grapple with to grasp its full meaning. In Acts 2, 17, it says, in, And it shall come to pass in the last days I will pour out my Spirit. And this was in response uh, to Pentecost, to the uh, gift of speaking in other languages called tongues, where they were able to communicate the gospel to various people and dialects and so on. And we find that Peter, he quotes the prophet Joel, that this is what may be expected in the last days. Now, before we proceed to examine the last days, plural, I want us first of all to distinguish it from the last day. Two different events, two different concepts. The last day is the resurrection day. And in the notes that we have here, and I hope you have a copy, and for those that are viewing by webcast, these are on our website right now. You can go to our website, www.cloverdealfpchurch.ca, Go to Resources, Bible Studies, and there you'll see uh, the last days. And uh, you can view the same notes that we're looking at here in our service this evening. All of these references, John 6, John 11, John 12, refer to that one day, the resurrection day or the judgment day, what we call the final and great event. The last days, plural, refers to a different phase and is used as a long period of time in which people live on the earth. Now, I think it is most common for people to talk about the last days as the closing days, the days that are rank, ramping up to the return of the Lord. And I suppose many would say, we are living now in the last days. In other words, the Lord's coming is getting closer, and the world's in a state of apostasy. Churches are losing the truth and so on. And they refer to the last days as that short period of time before the return of the Lord. Is that right? Is that accurate? I think it would be the assumption of many. But is it accurate? What we have in our notes here are four possibilities of really examining this statement. And first possibility is that it is the period of time between Christ coming for his church and returning with his church. This is the dispensational view, the two-stage coming, that the Lord comes, he takes the Christians out of the earth, and then seven years later he returns with his church, and there is now a new set of events. 
Now, the issue with this is that during that time, the church will be gone. If that's the last days, the church would be gone. And so, why would Peter and Paul warn about the last days and the apostasy of it and the problems of it if the church is going to be gone? So I dismiss possibility number one as just not feasible. It could not be that seven-year period. Second possibility, that it is the time of a literal millennium, 1,000 years. Now, the problem with that is that the last days are noted of trouble, trial, affliction, and apostasy. Can you have those things in a literal millennium, what is referred to as the golden age, where there is going to be a reign of the king on earth and things are better? So I have to dismiss possibility number two. It cannot refer to that literal 1,000 years. Possibility three, the period of time of apostasy right before the Lord's return, a number of years prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus. The problem with this is that for 2,000 years, some of this was relevant to the early Christians. And when we look at the four references in the New Testament, and there are the first set of, uh, of references in your notes right at the top of the page, those four references where they refer to the last days, they were really writing to Christians in the first century about how to handle how, what to expect during the last days in the first century. So that leaves me shut up to conclusion number four, or the possibility number four, and that is the period of time from Christ's first ministry through to Christ's return. The last days is a long period of time from the Lord's first coming right through to his second coming. Now, let's, let's prove that. Let's see if, if these references will agree with that. Acts 2 and verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. Now, this is Peter's response to Pentecost, trying to explain the phenomenon of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem when there are thousands of converts and people enjoying the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Those are referred to in Acts 2.17 as the last days. In other words, it's a new age now. In the Old Testament, there was an age prior to Christ coming into the world. Now that Christ is in the world, now that he has died on the cross, rules from the dead, ascended to the Father, he's glorified at the Father's right hand, and it is he that has shed forth the promise of the Holy Spirit and revival in Jerusalem, and that's called the last days in Acts 2, verse 17. The next proof text is Hebrews 1, 2, chapter 1, verse 2, in the book of Hebrews. And this is the apostle saying that God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spake unto in times past, time past. So there's really two periods of time, time past, and the last days. Time passed unto the fathers by the prophets. 
That would certainly be right up to the day of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a prophet. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So the author of this text is aware that he is presently living in the last days. And the book of Hebrews was written in the first century. So we have biblical evidence here in these two key texts that the last days is a long period of time from the first coming of Christ, or at least from after his death on the cross and ascension and exaltation to heaven and the outpouring of his Spirit upon the church. That's the beginning of the last days in the history of the world. Then we come to Peter. Peter's epistle, and it's 2 Peter 3, verse 3. I, I didn't have the, the book number in here, but it's 2 Peter 3, verse 3. And it says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Last days. Who's Peter writing to? He's writing to Christians alive in his day, and he's telling those Christians in Peter's own day, scoffers will arise in the last days. And he says to them in that verse 2, Know that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days. And he goes on to warn of their argument, the promise of the Lord, he's not coming. Well, you know, they said that in the first century. They said that from the very beginning. In Peter's own day, they were already using that argument. Now, the fourth proof text is 2 Timothy 3.1. 2 Timothy 3.1. Let's go back in our Bibles to that text. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, you really need to read the whole chapter, 2 Timothy 3, and how because of these perilous times, Timothy was to prepare himself and equip himself. He knew the Scriptures from a child. And if you go on down to verse 15, uh, verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And so these were issues that were affecting Timothy in the last days. And Timothy was to hold on to the Scriptures, not to be deceived, not to be led astray. And then chapter 4, 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. The time will come. So there is room there for progressive apostasy. And there has always been an apostasy in the world, people departing from the truth. But as those days, these last days continue, it seems to grow and grow and grow. And what this means is that this term, the last days, applies to the whole New Testament period right onto this day.
shall break to meet the Savior and sing of his everlasting love. And how good to meet the saved ones and all the heavenly host above. Alleluia, quite a gathering that will be. Alleluia, with our Lord eternally. All the saints from every shore living there forevermore. Alleluia, what a gathering that will be. Listen to the rights of sinners who tell of Jesus that Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak. And today we're teaching on the millennium. If you would like CDs or messages or the notes that are available for these messages on the second coming of our Lord, you can go to our website, www.cloverdealfpc.ca. And there you have access to all the information, phone number and archive sermons, and the notes that we are recommending. So stay tuned with us now for part two. This is agreeable with the now millennial view, the view that we have taken that the thousand years of Revelation 20 is descriptive of that long period of time when Christ will reign over his church. And he's reigning now. His kingdom is within us. And during this long period, the last days, we are to be equipped and prepared. It's also agreeable with the parable of the tares. The wheat and the tares, they will grow together, good and evil side by side. The godly and the ungodly side by side. These two concepts working together evil and good, apostasy, Satan, the world, versus the church and Christ reigning over his church, control much of our thinking uh, about uh, eschatology, our understanding of the events around the Lord's return. Now, let me draw the picture here. When the Lord Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to his Father, he was exalted at the right hand of the Father. He was given all power and authority over the church. You can read that in Ephesians 1. To him every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. He has the keys of the government. When someone sits at the right hand of a king, he's the chief administrator. He's the right hand man. 
And our Lord Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father, and He is reigning. And in these last days, He has the keys of the kingdom. He rules and He reigns. Now, instead of different stages, different phases, different periods of time, the last days is that great stretch from the Lord's ascending to the throne until the day the trumpet sounds and he returns in body, in the clouds, for his church. And let me give you two brief texts just to establish that. We'll go to Hebrews 9.26. Hebrews 9.26. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now... Once in the end of the world. Now notice that statement, the end of the world. When our Lord Jesus died on the cross and offered him himself as a sacrifice, he was king. And he was offering himself once in the end of the world. It was already the last days. In 1 John 2.18, we have John using the word saying, it is the last hour, 1 John 2, 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. The last time. Now, John was writing to living Christians again, as was Peter. He was speaking about deceivers in his own day, and he uses this term repeatedly, the last time. There's going to be no more stages. There's going to be no more periods of time between now and the return of the Lord, the gathering of his church, the resurrection of the saints, and the great and glorious judgment day. When John says it is the last time, there's going to be no more. So I think I have established from the New Testament that the last days is not just a week or a month or even a year before the Lord returns. It is that vast period of time from his first coming, his first entering the world as Redeemer until he comes again. Those are the last days, plural. But we want to establish tonight what we ought to expect during those last days. What should we expect from the Lord uh, during that time? Well, back in Matthew 24, that's why our Bible reading was there tonight, I want you to notice how the Lord taught that we should expect and be prepared for a long-term waiting and watching for the Lord's return. And the Lord's teaching gives room for a long period of time. Look at Matthew 24, verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And that's exactly how this world has been since the Lord spoke those words. Wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, famines, earthquakes... Almost every generation has suffered some catastrophe or other. 
local floods, local earthquakes, armies ranging across the nations, great nations clanging against each other, seeking the ascendancy. The Lord says, these are not signs of my imminent return. These are signs that the end is not yet. The end is not yet. And then, as if the ears of his disciples were close to this, he said in verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And isn't it strange how many don't pick up on this? And they go through life thinking that the most recent catastrophe in the world is a sign the Lord's returning. But it's not. What the Lord was doing here, he was preparing his disciples and his church for a long struggle. A long struggle. He talks about deceivers in these verses. False Christs will appear, seeking to deceive many. And you'll note in verse 9, persecution. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Offense and betrayal and hatred and false prophets, verse 11. And then verse 12, apathy, the love of many will wax cold. And how the church has gone through those periods. And perhaps we're in such a period right now that because the, the iniquity abounds as in our nation, many people are apathetic. Many people who even profess the name of the Lord says, well, why bother? What's the use? But the Lord gave these words. He said, don't think things will be out of control when these things happen. Don't think that I'm not reigning. Don't think that I have abandoned the church on the earth. But rather, these are the things that you must prepare for, that you must expect on the long term. And then in verse 14, the gospel will be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations. And as if again uh, the disciples weren't catching the message, he said, and then shall the end come. So here is a great missionary program. And here are the wheat and the tares side by side, the tares seeking to do their evil work, but the wheat growing, seeking to bring forth a harvest. The missionary work of the church goes on side by side with the evil in the world. And in the face of persecution, opposition, apathy, the church mandate continues to reach the nations of the world with the message of the gospel. Then shall the end come. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. 
We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music